It's the Sports Memory Podcast. It's week six of the NFL season. Not a great slate of games this week, but we're going to talk about them anyways because I do think there are some good bets to be had in this crapshoot of maybe not the best games to watch, but maybe some games to win some money in. We're going to talk some fantasy. Uh, but first of all, we're going to start out with the news of the week. This week in the news, John Gruden insults everybody, every single group. The Jews are wondering how they got left out of this thing. Kyrie Irving refuses to take the shot, but this time not with a basketball. The hockey season begins for Tampa just as it ends for the Rays. Brady's got a little boo-boo on his thumb. Tua's inching closer and closer to returning from injury, and nobody gives a fuck in Miami. Trayvon Diggs somehow overcomes feces in his eyes to become the greatest quarterback since ever. And Lamar Jackson, the quarterback that can't throw, this just in, can throw really fucking good. News of the Week with the Sports Memory. So maybe not the best NFL games of the week, but there's been a shitload of news. Obviously, starting with the Gruden firing, which is just, wow. I mean, we saw it last week, but he still coached the game. I mean, guys, like, what what the fuck? What is this? It's it's one of the most outrageous things that we've really gotten to, like, witness. Like, there's no storm brewing, really. The Raiders kind of have it rolling, finally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, People may start changing their thoughts on Gruden as a coach. You know, maybe just the hair, and then all of a sudden, all of this comes out. It's, it's insane. So what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how did it, how did it not come out sooner? <laughs> I mean, what has happened? Two thousand and ten, and 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 how many people were on these emails? Like, dear Lord, someone speak up! But I mean, it's it's insane, and uh, I can't wait to see the rest of the fallout and what else is to come. Because not a lot has been disclosed uh, up to this point. I mean, definitely the tip of the iceberg for me. I, I think that if these emails are taking place between these guys, it's got to be through the whole NFL. I mean, this only came up because they were under that uh, investigation and the Washington football team. And then that's how these all these emails came up, if I understand it correctly, is it was through that in- investigation is when they saw these emails. Yeah, it's basically they're, they're being investigated for, like, you know, all these uh, horrible practices at work. I mean, Dan Snyder is really the one that's been under the gun for years, and I think that his investigation is what really brought this out. I mean, this shit is it's crazy. He's sending nude pictures of, of Washington cheerleaders, um, c- calling the commissioner of the, uh, of the NFL, you know, the big F-bomb. I won't even say it, but the funniest part about – this whole thing for me is the fact that ESPN is the one who broke the news at like around halftime on their own game, talking about the for, a Monday Night Football, talking about their former guy from Monday Night Football, John Gruden, who, let's face it, if he did not become the coach of the Raiders, he'd still be commentating for ESPN right now, and this whole thing would be going on, and he would be getting taken down right now. That would have kind of made it a little bit better. Um, I think the only thing that I wish was different in this situation, uh, kind of just give us like another week or two to kind of get a few more emails. Uh, kind of really like to see what his uh, his take is on the latest news with uh, 
you know, Superman's son becoming bisexual. I'd, re- I'd really like to uh, see what how John Gruden would eloquently word that in those emails. Superman's son becoming bisexual? I did see that. I didn't expect us to touch on that, but I do want to play the Adam Schefter, the announcement, because I, his wording is hilarious in this, and I just think it's just so funny that the order of infractions that he uses is, is maybe the best part of the whole story. Earlier this evening, the New York Times uncovered a trail of emails dating back seven years in which John Gruden had a clean sweep of offending NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, women, gays, minorities, all sorts of people. A short- <laughs> a clean just, sweep. Clean sweep. So he starts out, I love, I love out of all these groups he insults, Roger Goodell is the leading guy, which I think we can agree. Him calling Roger Goodell, you know, the big F-bomb, that's really what fucking got Gruden taken down because just a week prior, he said some super racist shit. Didn't get taken down for that. And, you know, with, with the whole thing, you know, uh, there's a big controversy going on with Dave Chappelle and his latest stand-up. And some people are saying, like, hey, we already knew he was a racist. How is it that the homophobia, the misogyny, like, that's that's what brought him down? And truly, he he left no no stone unturned with this... With this uh, controversy he had ever hey, at, at least he had diversity and inclusion on all races yeah, he, you know, all he got that part right he that's hates for sure. equally he hates equally give it give it to gruden he spreads it around <laughs> i got some yeah. consistency there yeah he's, he's got he's got the humor of like a guy from mad men you know back in the old days like thinking like all oh, this stuff is funny and it still flies like today and i mean it's it's awful like how does that how does that even happen it's it's definitely it's absurd it's true though it is it's like you know boys talk but th- here's the thing like we we have our group chat there's some unsavory things said in that but it's not like misogynistic or like openly misogynistic homophobic certainly not racist um we we talk as guys but mostly it's like shit maybe we wouldn't want our wives hearing but it's 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 not terrible shit or, or seeing yeah no 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 we 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 make fun of each other's intelligence more yes. more than anything exactly. and so like you know and that's the right thing to do you know it looks too you know that we we'll dive into that but nothing you know misogynistic and, and racist by any means yep. like we at least know where to draw the line and we're we're pretty we're some degenerates over here too so that's saying a lot yeah speaking of being a degenerate the biggest takeaway i have is the raiders are gonna thump denver man yeah (laughs) they're gonna come out and thump denver weirdly enough that's one of my that's one of the games of the week that i want to talk about and we'll get to that later but i do think this team's really gonna rally because i've been outspoken about the gruden hiring for a while i think it was a terrible hire i think the guy's a fucking terrible coach he won a super bowl with the bucks and then i think he never went to another playoff am i correct in that kurt with the Bucks, I don't think he ever went to the playoffs again after that Super Bowl. Uh, no, it was a skid after that. From my memory, it's it was rough, no, <laughs> super you, super rough. We had a big uh, blowout game when we came out the uh, year after, and it was just downhill from there. Yep, and everyone's taking their shots. Uh, what's his name? The the um, uh, oh, fuck, why? Keyshawn was Raheem uh, Morris Key, was a coach Key, no, at one Key, point in time. I'm saying Keyshawn Johnson's taking shots about his time with the Bucks. I mean, this might be the best thing that ever happened to the well, Raiders. He the called Bucks. him a used car salesman, if I, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's apt. I think it's an apt comparison. Yeah. And the Bucks Ring of Honor dropped him. 
So, I mean, the second this came out, they said, we we do not support. We thank him for everything that he's done. Thank you for the Super Bowl, John Gruden. But get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You you know, you racist. Yeah, they said like, they acknowledge his contributions to the organization and what happened with the Super Bowl win. But he does not represent the values of the company and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a whole and their family. And so they had to take him down. Yep. You know, it's just so funny because people are are defending what he said. Some people are saying, oh, my gosh, this is 10 years ago, this, that and the other. It's like, dude, I dare you to send a similar email to any of your co or co-workers at your job and see what happens to you, man. You're going to get canned immediately. Yeah, I guarantee this, it. He's doing this on the company email, just blasting it off. Guys like Sean McVay are actually on this email. Yeah, there's there's a ton of them. How, how many how many people do you think? Um, since this, we kind of broke out of sent out texts like, "Hey, which chain is are they investigating right now?" Because some, I guarantee you, someone's going back and trying to delete as much as they can from anything that you know. Like, all these coaches went and hired some like the, the most expensive guy in Silicon Valley. Like, who the hell do I have to hire to come try to wipe my data clean right now? Well, I th- like, there's I, no way that I, these guys I, aren't. I don't think McVeigh has anything to worry about. Just because I think that guy's just very polished um, in his personal life and everything like that. But the fact that he was on the, the message, it's a little sus. You know, obviously, he, he's an assistant coach at the time. He's not going to raise any red flags because he probably doesn't want to put his career in jeopardy. And that's really where this all comes in. John Gruden is, at the time, I think his brother is the coach of the Redskins, which is a whole nother, you know, whole nother layer to this thing. Um, he's sending these emails, just blasting them out. Uh, sending naked pictures of of employees of the Redskins organization, like this is it's it's bloody, man. And I I don't I don't suspect we will be hearing from Gruden for a very long time. No, and and the thing to look out for is who else is going to be flagged in this. Like that's that's what's going to come down next. You're going to start to hear those other names and everything, and that's why they've kind of kept this close to their chest. And we haven't seen a lot of those emails that have gone out because there is some extra stuff underneath this. That's it's going to boil over, and it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> well, it makes you think that there's got to be something legally that's not allowing them to say who may have done other things in those emails i don't know what stipulations go with the investigation if it's an open investigation for them to say whatever and anything that they want i don't know you know with their cooperation what what stipulations were there legally i think the the biggest thing is really going to be how are you guys going to react when we find out that uh john and jay had a emails going back and forth uh, with each other emulating uh, earl thomas and his brother doing the old uh, family rope-a-dope with someone <laughs> <laughs> i mean jay gruden we we already know that guy's a pretty shady character he he was photographed with with all those uh pretty weird moments after his firing um but yeah this is in one, one of the funniest parts about this story is it reminded me that deuce gruden exists which is always a funny reminder because that is a hilarious human being. If, if, if you're listening to us right now, right now, go Google. First of all, the fact that his name is Deuce Gruden, this guy never had a fucking chance. I mean, his name is <laughs> Dude, Deuce Dude, his Gruden. new nickname is Mush because yes. it looks like somebody literally, God just like mushed him at the head and the feet, just boop. And, t- and that's how he turned that kid out. How many? I feel terrible for him. How many times a day, Kurt, do you think this guy talks about um, uh, pre-workout powders and and got uh, got to work on your delts? Uh, th- th- this guy is constantly like he's the type of dude like you're having a beer with him and he's looking you over and you got a little bit of a of a tight shirt and he's like, dude, I think you could really benefit with some rear delt. <laughs> 
with some real de- rear delta exercises. You should text me after this. I, I got some ideas for how we can get that get that body in form, bro. Yeah, he, he's like five foot two, right? <laughs> he, dude, he, every picture of him, and I know he's on NFL sidelines, so he's being he's obviously dwarfed. Gruden's a short dude in himself, but he looks especially short. <laughs> he looks especially short. He's a tiny little man. Tiny. I mean, his his arms. If you look, they almost go straight out. Like they they don't even go down. <laughs> like it's it's bad. Like e- even if he was a normal size dude, I'm pretty sure his arms wouldn't go past his hips. Like his fingertips, like wouldn't even do it. Like he's is so compact. But hey, I mean, dude's jacked. I'll, I'll give it to him. I mean, hey, I wish I had some delts like that. There's no way, but that'd be cool. Yeah, um, let's let's get those PEDs. Let's see what's up. Yeah, he's that guy's woo. And so he's still with the with the Raiders organization. Um, I wonder what that conversation was like because you know Gruden. I mean, John Gruden definitely called Deuce at one point, and he's like, "Hey, Deuce, what's up, bro? What are you doing, man? Uh, not doing so fucking well. I think I'm about to be fired." Can, can you just imagine like for him in this situation? So obviously now now it comes out that is like. His dad's a racist, home, you know, homophobic, all that stuff. How did, how does anyone on that team respect him and talk to him like, "Hey, here's your workout for the uh, week." No, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm not touching anything. Hey, now see, you lose the locker room, you're done. Like that. Once you lose them, there's no getting it back. Especially with something like that. In, in my opinion, it's just once racism starts getting involved, uh, it definitely hits a different type of tone in the locker room. And I think we've seen that in recent years with multiple stories with the Philadelphia Eagles and other organizations as well. As once. You cross that line, man. There's really no coming back from it. Well, Matt, imagine Deuce approaching Carl Nassib after all this. <laughs> I mean, first openly gay. That's that. That's the weirdest part about this story. Well, it's like, there's a lot of weird things about this story, but one of the weirdest is that the first openly gay player in the NFL just happens to play for maybe one of the most homophobic, openly homophobic uh, coaches in the NFL history. Like, what? It's it's, it's fucking so weird. It's so weird. No, it's 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 interesting, but I mean, some people, and I don't. I apologize if any of our, one of you told me this story, but John Gruden, when he's playing for the Bucks, uh, a lot of I mean, all of us are from the area. Um, there is the Treasure Island uh, like playroom or arcade area, Fun and center. one day he just walked into that to that play like arcade area with his with his kid. And whoever I was talking to basically said he was the biggest asshole ever. He yeah. walked in with like short, short jorts, like a cut off, like black T-shirt. And his hair was just all like crazy. And he was just being such the biggest dick out of anybody out there. So even going from back in the day, like he kind of played the stereotype of, you know, like a, ra- a racist from the beginning you know, back in Tampa. So I think the red flags were kind of up and probably Deuce was just, you know, Taking some broids to that, to, 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 that was to draw Deuce. distraction. As a betting man, that was Deuce. He took to the arcade, and, and so that's why he dresses and acts like that, following his dad. Do we put yep. any? Do we put anything in hindsight on the AB remarks when he left the Raiders? Because he did say when he left the Raiders that John Gruden is a racist, and everybody was like, "No, no, no," because there was really no evidence of that at that point, and everyone's just like, "No, fuck you, AB. You're just a crazy motherfucker." Um, do you think there was any merit to it? I think AB was just being weird. I, th- I, th- I think it was kind of more the weird thing. Yeah. Remember, at that same time, he like goes right up to Mike Mayock. He's like, fuck you, Cracker. He yeah. Goes, like, let, let, which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he but, called Mike Mayock Cracker. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, I, obviously, it's everything's kind of back and forth. So it's just more like anger, frustration talk. And that was like right at the height of like AB losing his goddamn mind. Right. Like with everything. Sure. 
that was a Hulk mustache, I believe. I think that's when they came and, and yep. showed its, oh, its man. ugly face. The mustache is still there, but yeah, I think I think I think AB's got to compose himself a little bit. There's something there's some there's like a composing quality about Brady where he makes you just a little bit less crazy. Um, but Alabama loses to Texas A and M. Uh, obviously, another big story. I mean, is is there any doubt though that Alabama still makes the college playoff, regardless? They, they- they absolutely do. I mean, they're they're gonna. I mean, they they do have a conference loss, so that's that's huge. But if you think of everyone else on their side of that division, um, they're gonna you're gonna have all one loss. Te- I mean, one loss teams. I mean, all Texas A and M. I think Texas A and M has two losses already, or at least they have one in the yeah, SEC. So two. two I don't think Texas A and M will run the table. They have two in the SEC. One in the SEC, but two back to back losses to unranked teams: Colorado and Mississippi State. Yeah, so there's no way that Texas A&M will get there. They'll still make the conference championship. The, the problem is, though, is if you have a two-loss Alabama, when, and see, assuming they lose to like Georgia in the SEC championship game, you could have them out of it. That's I think their saving grace is if they can beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. But if they don't, there is a chance that they're out of this thing. Well, let's see if Georgia can get by the Kentucky Wildcats yeah. coming up here. And that will decide who will be coming out of the SEC. If the Kentucky Wildcats can beat the Georgia Bulldogs, man, why would they not? How could they not run the table? That's a really cool story with that school. They always give Florida hell. And I thought it might be a, like a close game and Florida squeaks it out on them. But to see the way that they played Florida and coming in strong, I think it's going to be super interesting what happens when they play Georgia. You really super think they have a chance? The or, or do you think maybe uh, Ford is a little bit overrated? <laughs> George, George is really good. Yeah, George is awesome. But you know, looking at hey, they they're great. But I like I like the underdog. I like the the Cinderella type story like that with the school. And I got some fun ties to it too with some good buddies of mine that are UK grads. And uh, I've been to a game there. It's really fun, and it's a it's an interesting school to go to. Even though it's like small town, it just has a big vibe with their Kentucky Wildcat fans with basketball and football. And to see it come around with football is is super cool. And I, I would really be interested to see what happens. They could get stomped by Georgia. Yeah. Don't get me you've wrong. Been, you've been eating but, whole hey, bananas to huh, see Kurt? the way they've responded. It's been great. Are you been eating whole bananas since that came out with that quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> not not peeling them. Not peeling the skin. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not into the fad game like that. I'm yeah. not on that. So I, yeah, I think I, th- I think the wildest here is Bama dropping to five. Kind of like ridiculous. We know they're still like one of the best, probably still the best team in the country. Like shit yeah. happens within the you know division conference. Then you have like other teams like Florida. They could be three and five and still ranked in the top twenty-five. They just won't let them slide out. SEC stupid man. And and what really is heartbreaking to me about this Alabama loss is, of course, it had to be Texas A&M. And, of course, it had to ruin my Florida State win. I, I'm looking over at uh, the only other Florida State alumni on this podcast right now, Trevor. We go out and we get a fucking much-needed, <laughs> desperate win over over UNC. And then, of course, fucking our ex-girlfriend, Jimbo Fisher, gets it done. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Dude, in, 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 in like historic fashion, uh, Nick Saban was 24-0. and 0 against all of his protégés. Just yep. no one no one has been able to beat him. None of his assistants have. And then, of course, Jimbo Fisher, who, yes, yeah, I, I, Jimbo Fisher was great, gave us a, a natty, but left us with just absolute just scraps, uh, you know, when he left. Scraps. And he goes and does this. And it's it's sickening. Uh, it makes it a little bit better because he beat Alabama, but still, I'm like, God damn. Like, you know, it's 
can we get a little spotlight here? You know, we we won two games straight. Like, uh, no, we don't deserve a spotlight. <laughs> you can't help but say, what if we just paid him? Like, mm-hmm. what if we just paid Jimbo? What could have been? Funny, like, funny, <laughs> funny stat. We'd actually be paying right now. We'd be paying co- our coaches less if we paid up and ponied up and paid Fisher because right now we're paying for two coaches. <laughs> Two friggin' head coaches Taggart right now. Taggart and uh, who, who was the other one? Yeah, and Nor- Coach Mark Novell. Both, both no, of them. Still, still on payroll. Dude. And Taggart's, and Taggart's just smiling over there at FAU, baby. What a stud. <laughs> hey, don't get it twisted. Gruden's sitting back, and he's still chilling, too. That that dude's got mad money sitting out. It. Not to bring it back to that, but talk about sitting on cash. I think he's going to lose the majority of this contract. He did officially resign, though. Yeah, yeah with the resignation, he loses yep. the contract. He's still part yep. owner, as far as I know, with the Raiders. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's like seventy million dollars on the table. And you know what? He was double and triple dipping multiple times with multiple contracts, even before the Raiders contract. Oh, getting paid on TV, getting paid by the Bucks, getting paid by multiple people. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's he, nobody ever doubted Gruden's financial status in all this <laughs> because he he's he's clearly has, has it made. I mean, he was getting paid. He was the highest. Uh, he was the highest paid commentator in all of sports when he when he was the Monday Night commentator, like. I fucking hated him as a Monday night guy. I'm glad Gruden went down, but let's launch into the NFL games. It's the NFL games of the week. So uh, we're going to try as hard as we can to make this week good with our bets. There's some, you know what? There's, there's some decent games to be had on this slate. Uh, let's start it out with the fucking game of the week. I mean, it's, it's, it's by far the game of the week. Chargers at Ravens. And are anybody else just absolutely blown away by this fucking line? Oh, yeah. Try it. I'm going to go ride the 100%. High. What is this line? So the, the Chargers are two and a half point dogs. They have been as much as three point dogs. I wish I could have gotten a piece of that action uh, while it was still up there. But what the fuck is this? I mean, the Chargers. I Listen, uh, Lamar Jackson had a ridiculous game last week. We're going to talk about in a second how ridiculous because it was a historically good game. But is this the fucking miss of the week from Vegas? I, I love it. I'm going to have to hammer it. If Baltimore wins, I'm going to be uh, yelling about collusion for sure. The Chargers, they're just highly underrated. No one's, I guess everyone's expecting them to kind of fall off, but they just have all the pieces. And anyone who doesn't like Herbert, they're a Chiefs fan right now. Right. The kid's awesome. He's fun. He's so good. He's a real deal. And, um, you know, we haven't uh, praised Derwin James here in quite some time, almost a week now. But uh, what Praise a, him. Yeah, what a stud. The guy's an animal. Uh, that defense, that all everything's clicking over there. And what we like to see is they can win in wild fashion, 49-42, um, or, you know, however that finished out. And they can get down and dirty with everybody. So it, it's going to be a beautiful thing. And um, Joey Bosa, big day again coming. They're, they just – yeah, Indy was missing pretty much all of their corners and other issues. Like, not to take anything from Lamar. It was, it was fantastic performance. But the Chargers, they're the real deal. Hammer them home, boys. Yeah, Lamar Jackson accounted for 505 of the Ravens' 515 yards last week. And, yeah, do, do I love Lamar Jackson? He's phenomenal. Uh, this this year, he's blown me away. I, I, I would say he's putting up an even better season than the MVP year. Because, listen, when he came in for the MVP year, the Ravens were already good. Like, it was just like they were just adding Lamar Jackson to this already really good team. 
what Lamar has done this year is is incredible. I mean, he he is carrying this team. He, I think, the next highest person in terms of of rushing yards last week was like twelve yards. It was Latavius Murray with like twelve rushing yards. Lamar Jackson had like seventy rushing yards or something like that. Over four hundred yards passing. Now the stat that blew me away. Out of every single quarterback that has passed the ball 40 times, he has the highest completion rating of any quarterback in NFL history. And the amount of quarterbacks is what is absolutely insanity. It's over 4,000 players. He has the highest 87% completion rating last week. Dude, the guy is filthy. He's filthy. Yep. The one one thing I will say about and not discounting that at all. That is an amazing stat and 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 a feat that I don't know that will be broken in our I mean in our lifetime. Probably will, but it, it's very unlikely. <laughs> Probably uh, by Lamar he, Jackson. He, but uh, but no, he he only threw two passes beyond uh, twenty yards. But that was also part of the part of the recipe. Is is he kept things close and he's really really good at keeping you know getting those in between passing yards. So those you know kind of five to ten yard passes really relied on Mark Andrews this time, who has sure hands and is good to get open. So it was a good recipe you know for success and. He had a lot of protection uh, with that offensive line, something that I, I didn't it didn't necessarily see early on in his game. So I would say credit a lot of that offensive line, but also the hands of uh, of Andrews and even Hollywood Brown stepped up and, and made some plays there. Uh, so, you know, a team effort, but primarily, yeah, uh, Lamar is just the man. And anyone who says he can't pass, like, just look at this game and everything. Everything you're saying is being discredited because the man can throw. Yeah. Well, I don't know what Vegas is thinking unless Joey Bosa or Derwin James are injured, something that we don't know. But with that defense, I think it has the athleticism and speed that can match Lamar Jackson at least to a certain point where he's still going to get his yards. He's going to get his fantasy points, his touchdowns, no matter what. But I think they can make some big plays there with the offensive line that the Ravens have. And then Herbert, you know he's putting up points no matter what. Like that's that's just a done deal. If you if you're not a believer, I don't know what to tell you. But every yeah. team right now that passed up on him is shaking their head and wondering what the hell were we thinking, including the uh, Bengals. Like no matter how good Joe Burrow looks, like Joe Bur- or, uh, Herbert is the truth. He is the next best thing. And and look, guys, fucking Patrick Mahomes looks terrible this season. He looks horrible. He doesn't just look like he doesn't just look off. He looks fallible he looks bad we, we we talked about it in the reaction pod like how much does his family contribute to this um I, I is Herbert the best quarterback in the AFC West way overreaction at this point but it's pretty interesting to think about not not out of the realm right now no like kids playing as of right now for sure He's he's got he's got probably the best weapons out of all of it and the most well-rounded team. I mean that defense is solid, but you know Allen is is tearing it up, and I mean that they've got some good stuff. But I don't know. I, I guess going to the point of, of Burrow over Herbert, the one point that I'll make there is uh, Herbert was injured a lot in college, so like that was one thing that they had to take into consideration is like this tall, lanky guy. Like yeah, he can he can throw, he can sling it, but he's oh he's always been injured in college. So like how reliable is he? So I think that was part of it. It's funny that we're saying that now with Burrow having a horrific knee injury, you know, obviously early on in his NFL career. 
But uh, I think that's probably one of the main factors that that they looked at when uh, when they took him over uh, Herbert. Well, the Oregon offense is also run heavy, so he's running a lot of like options and stuff like that. So that that all makes sense to me. And and the fact that the Oregon offense is what he came from is so insane. Like, how much better could this guy have been if he would if he had been in a more pro ready offense? But but look how f- fast he picked it up. He had to step Insane. in early in his rookie career, and yep. he uh, and he picked it up and ran with it. And and that's that's what's impressive is is his acumen and be able to pick up uh, the NFL style and be able to to play it. So uh, yeah, I, I any I know you guys are Herbert lovers. I'm I'm definitely Herbert lovers. I watched a lot of the Pac-12 <laughs> lovers. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I got I, I got chargers all day here. I think someone said, yeah, Derwin's going to spy maybe. No, Derwin's going to blitz, and it's going to cause Lamar to run the ball a lot. So um, I'd say I'd say go chargers, and I'd say go over, because both these teams are in the lower 50% for passing yards allowed. So I think it's just going to be a you shootout can't, here. You can't just blitz Lamar Jackson. It doesn't work like that. You, 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 have, to, you have to have somebody that's fast enough to match him in the open field. And I just think that might be Derwin James. Like, who, who's fast enough to keep up with Lamar Jackson on the Chargers besides Derwin James? Who, who's athletic enough to to tackle him in open space? I don't think you can just bring Derwin uh, Derwin James on blitzes. You blitz Lamar Jackson. That's sometimes what they want. I mean, well, you bring you bring four on the outside, kind of force them in, and then bring and bring your blitzer up the front. Have your have your two DNs kind of fall back and kind of create that barrier. It's, you kind of saw what the Colts were doing last game. Is yeah, bring those defensive ends and tracking them back, which worked well in the first half. But then he's just started staying back there and then passing the ball. If you could bring a little bit of that, you know, inward pressure with that outside pressure working in as well. That's I think that's where Derwin James can can really wrap him up and keep him contained in that space. At least that's that's the way that I'm thinking about this. Yeah, but interior pressure is tough when without having a guy like an Aaron Donald or somebody that can disrupt the middle like that. I mean, that's just kind of a freak. They've got Joey Bosa on the outside. So, I mean, to me, if I'm playing defensive coordinator for the Chargers, I'm using those blitzes from Joey Bosa's side of the field and having Derwin spy, and you're trying to force him to the short side of the field. Less field, the better for Lamar. And I think that's really how you try to isolate him is by forcing him to one side of the field. Yeah, just got to watch out who's going to cover Andrews, though, because Derwin, Derwin does well and dropping back and covering those tight ends, one of the most athletic uh, DBs to cover a tight end. And and he's shown that he can he can create separation and catch the ball, obviously, from this last game. So if if Lamar's got a check down, we've seen that he can easily hit it. So who's going to pick up Andrews? So it's it's going to be a little chess game going here. But uh, it's it's definitely going to be fun to watch. Hence why I mentioned I like the over on this game all day. The Chargers are going to roll in this game. Here's why. The Ravens are such a bad team. Carson Wentz just passed for over 400 yards in, on this defense. Like, is the defense even that good? Like, Carson, I know Carson Wentz isn't good. <laughs> and he passed for his, his, imagine, the Colt, uh, uh, Blankenship makes some of those kicks. And we're talking about Carson Wentz right now, who passed for over 400 yards. Like, he ruined Carson Wentz's whole day. <laughs> Um, but I, I'm starting to doubt this Ravens defense. The Chargers are absolutely going to roll in this, folks. I really, I really believe that. I mean, I, I just, I, I see nothing to convince me otherwise. And, and at no fault of their own. I mean, they got bit, bit by the injury monster, and you, you're losing your best players out there. You know, your number one cornerback 
you know, it, it's it's tough to try to fill that void and think that you're going to lose those big time guys and, and going to put up big numbers on defense or stifle any of these offenses that are in the league right now, especially like with the Chargers loaded offense. I think one under underrated guy on that offense is Jared Cook for sure. And you could see him definitely expose a lot of those guys in the secondary. Right. For sure. All right. Uh Another great game of the, of the week, um, and I think it might be a trap game. Uh, we were talking about before the pod. Uh, Cowboys at Patriots. Um, this game is, uh, I don't know. I, I, it, like, it seems like the Cowboys are just going to blow the Patriots out of the water, but how many games can Bill Belichick lose at home this season? What, something's got to give, right? And, and at some point, we've got to see just a little bit of a, of of the old Cowboys. I have to think it's going to come. We the Cowboys have have played perfect this season. They played perfect against the Bucks. I know that they lost that game, but Jesus Christ, the, the the Bucks were so good in that game, and they have played pretty much lights out ever since. Um, I think something's got to give, and I'm I'm weirdly leaning for the for the Patriots here. What do you guys think about that? Two names, Diggs and Parsons. That's a huge difference in this Cowboys team, and it's humongous for that defense. I mean, it's talking about Trayvon Diggs coming out of nowhere, and also Parsons, where he can put it, you can put him on any position on the field, rush him from defensive end, put him at middle linebacker, put him at d- defensive tackle if you want to. That guy is disrupting the offense and making big time plays for the Cowboys. It's impressive to watch. Right. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs was one uh, was one that I mentioned early on when he had those uh, interceptions in the first two games as an early defensive rookie of the year candidate and potentially best defensive player on that team. Uh, everyone was on Parsons, which amazing player. But looking at what Diggs does, Diggs is like like almost egging on and and trapping QBs, like playing off a little bit and like wanting them or egging them on and throw the ball deep and catching up. He's got speed uh, that, I mean, some of the best DBs have and his hands are, are as good as I think Drew mentioned before, as good as wide receiver. Like it is, uh, it's impressive to watch him play. Uh, And you're right. The, the Cowboys are firing on all cylinders uh, and the Patriots are kind of looking, you know, suspect, even though they've got a good defense, Uh, seems like a recipe for a trap game. Um, But I am, I'm still hammering the Cowboys here. I I like what they're doing. I like what they're cooking. Um, Even if Zeke Elliott's banged up, Tony Pollard's the man and will fill in and do, and do good things. And they've got healthy wide receivers. Like I just, I can't bet against the Cowboys here. I just like what they're doing, especially if Dak's there. I have faith in the Cowboys, even though it pains me to say that. Yeah, I mean, give it give it up to Dan Quinn. I, I can keep this one super short and simple. Yeah, Cowboys are five and zero. Yeah, I get it. They lost to the Bucks. They're five and zero against the spread. They're the only team in the NFL who has not lost a game against the spread. And until that changes, I'm going to ride them every single game of the way. Until they prove me wrong for that, I'll ride the Cowboys for sure. Amen. I I, Amen. I I think I'm just moving. I think I'm just not going to bet on this game at all because I all, all I'm saying is it's in New England and I just gosh if this is in Dallas I'd be all over Dallas but the fact that the line opened at one and a half it's just a little bit intriguing to me it makes me think you know Vegas is still somewhat believing in Bill Belichick how many games can this guy lose at home? I just think something's got to give. I'm not touching this game from a betting perspective, personally. You no, know, we've kind of had that conversation literally at this table the, like the last three weeks in a row. 
it can't happen again. It can't happen again. Maybe they're just they're just outmatched. Like yeah. they just don't have. Maybe the, they just the pieces. suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's hard to accept. It's um, hard to accept. It's it's just, you can't fathom it with uh, uh, Belichick over there. But you know, maybe it's time. It's time to lay lay that goose down, put the horse down, and uh, and watch Cowboys do something magical this year. It it could be time. I mean, I've been all over the Cowboys. A dick all year. I mean, straight up. I, 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 I've been riding them. I, I took them as as the winner for the division. Um, I think they're one of the best teams in the NFC. If not, I'm not gonna say it yet. They're yeah. they're they're easily top three, and they might be making a run for for first in the division, depending on how they make out with this game. Nobody Don't get me wrong. They're gonna have a great regular season, but they're gonna choke when it comes down to it, just like the Cowboys always do. But great regular season, and then it choke when the time comes, just like Cowboys and old Jerry when he's signing his checks, making sure his hand don't cramp. I don't know, man. I, I think I think maybe Jerry Jones dies of uh, choking on a Whataburger just before the playoffs, and the and the Cowboys win it all. <laughs> That. That's what propels them into it. His now, death it gives them what come, they need. Come on, guys! Like I, I know it's it's insensitive, but the guy salts his McGriddles, <laughs> the saltiest sandwich of all time, and he salts his McGriddles. This guy can't have long. He, Who he, eats a McGriddle? Like Jesus! Like dude, those taste buds are dead. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got to. Those taste buds are gone. He's, he's not, dead. They don't even look like it's yep. disgusting. Yep, Jerry's. I'm just saying, Jerry might be might be too. <laughs> Might be due, and they might galvanize the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I like it. Wouldn't that it's be great? great. Story. Wouldn't that be great? In memory of Jerry. That's right. So Steelers <laughs> or Seahawks at Steelers, an interesting game, mostly because it opened with the with the Seahawks as two and a half point favorites. Well, that's the look ahead line when Russell Wilson was not injured, and they, we didn't know that he was going to be gone for. Geez, I think it's like six weeks. Yeah. Or longer. Yeah. He, honest, truthfully, he could really could be, be gone for the whole season. And that's kind of my my thought as far as that is, uh, yeah, let's say he's eight to ten weeks out. If they keep fucking sucking dick and he can't come back, you know what? Maybe he doesn't want to be there next year. Why bring him back for a couple of unnecessary games? <laughs> like, <laughs> Of course you're saying this, though, because you want him to play for the Steelers next year. But that's that, that's just kind of my that's kind of my thoughts is where I'm right. thinking of. So, you know, if they go on. A, they go on a bad streak here because they don't have the defense to uh, mask like a bad quarterback play. So Gino has to play like he did for those first couple drives. Not sure. how, not how he finished the game. Uh, this could definitely easily spiral down for Seattle. So if you come down to that position, either. Um, what like why fight? Maybe you have a chance to get a top uh, quarterback out of the draft. Who have they've all been sucking right now? But maybe things will be clearer by then. Um, it's a this is a weird game for me. Um, as high as I was on Pittsburgh last week, I'm kind of leaning the other way. Um, and probably more because a shitty quarterback is coming in. Tomlin defenses suck against bad quarterbacks. Uh, and right now, everyone's expecting the Steelers to kind of come back to life and fruition, pound the rock, play good defense, and not lose to a Seahawks team that's just a mess right now. But those are the teams that usually beat Tomlin teams. Um, got, I, I do have a, a big underdog parlay running with Seattle in it just just for the oh, juice. Oh, that's, um, that's brutal. Yeah, not a lot of money, but I like the juice on it. Um, I'd have to take the Steelers to win, but... Just because of my past history with Tomlin, I'm scared to bet this game, so I'm not vesting too much. 
jilted man look at that look at the fandom the scaries going in i mean honestly with with the seahawks going in geno smith the defense is not good. They're going to ride Najee Harris for certain, even if it's not just pounding the rock. Him catching the ball out of the backfield and with Juju Smith-Schuster getting a little injured, I still think they're going to start feeding him the ball, and that's going to be always good news for Ben, especially with the struggles that he's had as of late. And I think the Steelers are definitely going to take this win, especially at home in Pittsburgh. Kurt, guys, do, you still, Kurt do you still think Najee Harris is the next Trent Richardson? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to just prod uh, Marcus with that one for sure. I'm sitting there in fantasy, like, where, where the hell is this guy? What is going on? Now, Najee's, a freak. Najee's a freak. Najee's a freak. Touchdown. He's a freak. Na- Najee's as an amazing player, and he's in a great system for his skill set. Like that was the exact player that they needed. But the point, the point that I want to make is the Seattle Seahawks defense has given up the second most amount of rushing yards out of any team this season. So if you think about a good game plan going in here, even with Big Ben, you know, not playing well at all, give Najee the ball, feed him, and and get get to him every single play. Like and and you will do well because that Seahawks defense is awful and they'll and Steelers will be able to run the ball all against them even even if they play that run hard, Najee can catch it <laughs> and you don't have to throw it far. So like I, I'm I'm all over the Steelers here. Uh, I like I like it yeah. even though I, I I hate betting for the Steelers because they but scare me with Big Ben. But I like it. I but, like the Steelers. Here. But when you say that, when you I love the Steelers to win, but do you like five points? That's a lot of points. A lot. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Uh, at the opening line, that makes it five points is still kind of scary. Um, I, I think it's going to be a, a low scoring game. But yeah, no, five points. I, I wouldn't do it. I would put Steelers on a parlay, though. I'll money still line. hold, I'll still hold at five. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was going off of the first line on the outline that we had here, too. But I'll still take the points as well. I still think Pittsburgh does. I don't think Geno Smith is that good of a quarterback. I don't think that they really have what it takes on offense really to make some big splash plays. I just don't see it. And Tyler Lockett's a little banged up. I think he's going to play anyhow. But I just don't see Geno Smith pulling that out. And I don't know about Marcus with the, oh, no, we we don't play good against bad quarterbacks. That's that fandom coming in, that juju. But I don't believe in that. I think Pittsburgh can still cover the points. I mean, they absolutely can. I'm just used to them. Uh fucking up so i'm gonna stay away from that as far as um, as my top five bets it won't make the cut this week um you know i've seen them lose to mike glennon i've seen them lose to quarterbacks that i don't even remember their names they're so bad wow what's his what's his face got his first and only career win two years ago um i want to say it was washington or just, just a weird team guy like got called up out of high school came out and put 500 points on the steelers um yeah you know, it's too scary for me, so I'll put my money elsewhere because if I'm torn, I don't like to bet when my heart's involved. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I think this game is untouchable, to be honest. Five points is too many. How bad Ben Roethlisberger is? Man, that guy sucks. He's so bad. Ben, ben Roethlisberger is so bad. I, I almost think any other coach would have taken him out by now. He is so horrible. Like, just watching him, it's, it's brutal to watch. Like, this guy needs to retire after this year. I don't think he will because I think he's that fucking delusional, but he is horrible. Yeah. And- Steelers have to worry about who their next quarterback is going to be. I mean, the Steelers that draft class, my Marcus mentioned it. That draft class does not look good right now for QBs with Rattler sucking it. You know, even Sam Howell just kind of looking, you know, average and really not that good. So, like, 
I mean, what do you turn to free agency? Like, I, I don't have my... What free agent would want to go to that team with that offensive line? No free agent wants to go to that team with that offensive line. And it takes a long time to rebuild no line. Hey, Aaron Rodgers winked at Mike Tomlin. I don't know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you I think he winked at Mike Tomlin because he beat him in a Super Bowl. <laughs> and he was whooping that ass again. Yep. I think that I mean, how I, bad does that mean that Dewey Haskins is if he can't go in there and get a shot at playing? How bad does that mean that he is? He is horrible. I mean, how 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 dedicated are the Steelers to Big Ben? How many more years is he gonna be at the helm? This year. He's done. He's done after this year. That's when his He's contract. Be. Yeah, his contract ended yep. after this year. Now uh, he said at the beginning, uh, mid like before he got hurt, uh, before everything went down spiral. He said he's going to play out his contract. So we're anticipating that uh, he's he's going after this year. So get a nice farewell tour. Yep. Yeah. And Haskins is just going to hold on board until he's got a starting job in the XFL next year. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Boom, boom, baby. Terrible guy. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Any other games you guys like this week? Um, uh, if, if we're going to cut them short, you know, like I said, the Raiders are just going to thump down to the Denver just because of that. But we have to talk about, you know, maybe the best, but the only really undefeated team left in the NFL. Uh, Cleveland can find ways to lose anyway. Um, and it's another, like, it just seems like every game we're talking about, it's usually the the AFC West and the Browns. Um, it's another great game. It's one of the games of the week, obviously. Um I don't know where you guys are leaning, but I can't see that. I can't trust that the Cardinals are dogs here. I love I love the Cardinals as dogs, and my top two it's are going to have to be the Chargers and uh, uh, Chargers and Cardinals. We're right at hard. It's right wild that they're dogs. It's it's absolutely kind of insanity that they're dogs, and they they opened as dogs. You would think you know that that the uh, the lines would would lean heavily towards them, and they haven't. Browns holding strong at three points right now. Like what? What? What am I missing? Their their defense has done well up until like this past like week, <laughs> um, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't see it either. I, I'm uh, I'm actually betting heavy uh, money line on the cards on this game. I like what I see. I like Kyler Murray. I saw him in person. The dude is quick and fast, and they've got weapons on that team. Multiple running backs. I mean, it's. It's a fun team to watch. Um, plus, I have colleagues in in Cleveland, so every time that uh, mm-hmm. they start talking how good the Browns are and how they're going to take this thing, makes me want to bet for the other team all day. So, uh, give me the cards here because uh, I'm a believer in Kyler Murray all day. Yeah. Well, ba- Baker with the labrum issue that they're saying uh, he's having in his shoulder, plus I don't, injury or not, I don't think he knows how to hook up with OBJ no matter what. Like those two are never going to be on the same page. I mean, it's so glaring. It's unbelievable, especially if you're a fantasy football owner of OBJ. Uh, I feel your frustration. I've got him uh, in one of my other leagues for certain. Um, but that run game, that two-headed monster of Chubb and Hunt, that if they can control the clock and run the ball on that Cardinals defense, I think they could have a shot. But between Buda Baker and that Cardinals defense and what Kyler Murray can do, I would definitely take the cards. But it's going to be a banger for sure. I, I'm definitely interested to see what happens, especially if Miles Garrett gets his hands on Kyler Murray. Kurt, Kurt, just let me ask you a question. Do you, do you think that OBJ and uh, Baker aren't connecting is because Baker refuses to do a Cleveland steamer mm-hmm. on OBJ. Is that what he's waiting for? Baker's refusing. Is that what's holding them all up? 
That's, I mean, it's a simple ask, but Baker seems to be refusing. I think that's that you need to have chemistry, and that's that's what OBJ wants. So he just wants to sh- get shit on by his quarterback. I, I think I think it's a fair assessment that the only reason that they aren't connecting is because Baker won't won't do the ultimate ask, which is shit on your friend. If your friend wants to be shit on, you got to go shit on him, Baker. That's all you need to do, Baker. That's number just one in the bro code, bro. That's number one in the bro code. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this game's wild. Um, I don't even really know where to go with it, to be honest. I-, I-, I still think the Browns might have one of the best defenses in the NFL, if not the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, did they give up a lot of points last week? Yes, they did. But did Justin Herbert play like a fucking madman last week? Yes, he did. Uh, this is going to be a wild game. One of the best games of the week by far. Um, Kyler Murray held down by the-, by the 49ers last week. So... Kyler Murray really hasn't played great defenses. Um, he was really foul. You know, he scored a lot of points, but he was very fallible against the Vikings, who I would say is an opportunistic, not great defense, but just like they're they're just opportunistic. Um, maybe we're starting to see the tipping point for the Cardinals like we did last year, where we're starting to see chinks in their armor, and then all of a sudden they start to fall apart like they did last year. I still believe it might be coming for the Cardinals. One thing I will say, uh, the 49ers still have the uh, seventh best ranked overall defense when looking at most metrics. So, I mean, it's not like they played a bad defense. Uh, I didn't they say they did, but they there. played an atrocious offense. We, yeah, see, it was <laughs> horrible. There, there's, yeah. there's that, and Drew, like we, we touched on it earlier this week. Sometimes those division games, they're just yeah, weird, especially in the NFC West. They have been for the last three or four years. And just weird games, high points, low points, we just never know. So I'd have to imagine that... Um, you know, taking in the talk of, you know, bad calls against Cleveland and stuff that l- the lucky comeback for the Chargers that a lot of public is going to be hammering or at least keeping um, the Browns' favorites. But I, for me, I was more impressed with that sloppy win against the Niners because, you know, you, ha- you have to, like we said, you have to win those games. You have to win the shootouts. You have to win those, like, just ugly, dirty games, and that's that's how you win championships. Every, team's done, every team that has had a title game, even even the Patriots, um, when they were blowing teams out all the time, you just some days you just don't have your best. But finding those ways to win that makes you elite. I, yeah, Bucks versus the Cowboys, first game of the year. I mean, people keep saying the Bucks don't look like a Super Bowl team, and and granted, as a Bucks fan, they don't right now. But a game like that against the Cowboys, four turnovers, and you still find a way to win the ball game. That just doesn't happen typically, man. And it, it takes a, a special team to galvanize and push through those moments because everybody knows momentum if you've played football, man. And it can swing and hit you like a son of a bitch. And to be able to come through with adversity like that uh, is definitely huge. And I, I agree with Marcus when he's talking about the Cardinals there and those grimy games. I think that's where you see the true grit of a team and what they're going to do going forward in the season man who said the bucks don't look like a super bowl team who the fuck said that oh so many people have it, it oh, dog man. in the secondary for sure not especially me. especially in mainstream i mean dude people have been saying bucks this bucks that it's like well yeah dude we're down our entire damn secondary pretty much we had richard sherman who was sitting at home facing charges for banging down his door drunk at his in-laws house or something and then next thing you know the guy's on the field starting for us at cornerback like that lets you know where our secondary is in the state of the defense there 
Yeah. yeah, but they have been giving up a lot of passing points. It is what it is. But they are the number one rushing defense in the league as well. So they are gaining it back on that side. So if you can get some third down stops, which they've been able to do, plus that high-powered offense, they have proven they have. I mean, Brady had one of the best games of his career, uh, yeah. you know, just this last week. So, yeah. like, I mean, it's I'd say with that high-powered offense and being able to stop the run, which means that they typically get the ball back and there's not a lot of time taken off the clock, they look good. Like, I I, I think Tampa Bay is right where they need to be, and we all know Brady gets better throughout the season, so we'll see him cooking later. Here's one of the biggest problems for the Bucs. Uh, the teams that can beat the Bucs are all the best teams in the NFC, uh, are all the best teams in the NFC, and you know what all these teams don't need to do? None of them need to run. Here's the most dangerous part, because you're right. They do have one of the best run defenses. Uh, the Cowboys' passing offense has refined since they played the Bucks. They're getting better and better and better. The Rams don't really need to run the ball. like They don't really have a great rushing attack to speak of. The Cardinals certainly don't need to run the ball to be effective. That's the biggest thing going against the Bucks. But, man, whoever told you that the Bucks aren't a Super Bowl team, like that, that team is still so fucking good. Oh, yeah. The, I still don't think about, I still don't think we've seen the best of the box. Yeah, watch well, out for the, playing like a Super Bowl team. Yeah, right. if that's what you want to if you want to take it to that. Fair point. I I still think I still think they're a Super Bowl team, and, and Tom Brady's fucking playing like an MVP right now. The guy's insane. God, he's averaging so more attempts than ever in his career. These are career high attempts per game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a career high attempts. I mean, he, he's balling. That was his first 400 uh, yard, I think, three plus touchdown game ever in his entire yard, yeah. career. He's yeah, 400 yard, five touchdown. You're right. He's m- doing more uh, attempts. Uh, he's getting the protection that he needs, though, which is which is great. So he's not getting all banged up, other than the little thummy injury that he had, you know, following through. But he, he's he's looking good. One thing I do want to say on the Cardinals, though, um, you mentioned you're, the Cardinals don't need to throw or run the ball they're running the ball on almost 50 percent of their plays like they're running the ball pretty heavy i think that's why you're getting that favorite kind of on the browns there because the browns have an extremely good run defense and the cardinals have been having to run the ball a lot so i think that's why that line is just a little funky is not, because and why they just looking at that not because they need to though but because they can i mean if you can run the ball obviously you you run the ball but we've seen games like the vikings where they pretty much bottle up the run game and they passed all over us. Um, I all I'm saying is if, if if they're playing against a dominant run defense like the Bucks, they can always fall back on on this ridiculous uh, aerial assault from Kyler Murray. Yes, and that when horrible you, yeah p- pass defense from the Bucks. You're right; it's a recipe for <laughs> the Cardinals on the pass game. Yeah. Well, and when you have Kyler running an RPO, man, I mean, it holds the linebackers honest for so long, and that's what's opened up a lot for James Conner and why he's been balling so much. If you got him in fantasy, yeah. Yep. But any other games, guys? Nothing mm, to speak the- of. The only one that I like, I, you know, we haven't really talked about it because it's a clear cut who's going to win this game. The Rams versus the Giants. Uh, it's it's one that I'm I'm actually betting heavy on. I mean, minus nine and a half is. Well, where hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because we we still got our betting segment to go. We we oh, still oh, we still oh, got oh, bet, I'll, bets I'll we brakes. love. I'll pump the brakes. No, but I I, I do got to round out the games of the week. I do think the Panthers Vikings game is going to be a super interesting game. Uh, CMC could possibly be, be back. We could also see. Dalvin Cook back uh, for for this game. I mean, Jesus, 
we just saw the what actually happened between Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. Um, I think Kirk Cousins a little fired up. Sam Darnold looked horrible last week. Um, but I'm not loving the Vikings at all. <laughs> the Vikings are current favorites right now with the Lions, and dude, I, I can't believe in them on the road. Uh, this is this is going to be an ugly, ugly football game, I think. I think it's going to be just a not a fun game to watch, but could potentially be like a last-second field goal game. And hopefully that's in the 27-24 range. I'm, I'm with you. The, the, the Panthers kind of racked me last week. A little heartbroken there. Th- this game really only interests me if we get Dalvin versus McCaffrey. Like th- That's really yes. the only thing that is interesting to me. Um, if they're both healthy and playing, I think you hammer the over 46 here uh, without question because we obviously we're seeing that the Panthers' defense is a little flawed as well as they've played at times and vice versa with uh, Minnesota. Like They have their flaws, and they, they both teams can put it together, but with both running backs in and you know relatively healthy, that, that that's the only time that I'm interested in taking the over. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see Christian McCaffrey coming back either this week. I mean, their their record is too good at this point in time. I mean, even though they had that loss, you know, last week, I think their record is too good to try to force McCaffrey back early and have him reagitate a hamstring like that, especially with a running back. They just need to chill and go into this game and see what happens. And if they don't have McCaffrey, I mean, I definitely think the Vikings take the win. Yeah, we'll see, man. I, 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 as a Vikings fan, I just, I can't, I can't believe in this team. They're, they've just shown me some. We, we had to fucking kick a field goal to beat the Lions. Like what? It's dude. Insane. The Lions are better than people think, man. They've got that MCDC mojo in, in Motor City, man. I, it's, it's awesome. So to watch. every, every time I bet on the Lions, they disappoint. So they're playing Cincinnati this this week, and I do think it's a weird trap game. I've actually got them in one, in one of those underdog parlays. I think it's a trap. Don't don't you think it's a trap game? Like like Cincinnati coming off the brutal. What, is there any more emotional loss in that game? We talked about it on Monday. Both of these teams, really. It's the wildest game I've ever seen. Yeah. That that Cincinnati game might be the wildest game I've ever seen in my entire life against the Packers. It's I mean, there. it was stupid. Stupid. Joe fucking Burrow. What a madman, dude. Like, dude, who is this guy? Like, dude, you're not John Elway. This is not the Super Bowl. No. Slide, son. Chill like, out, dude. Get your ass down. And then that interception tackle. Oh, no, did the, you see it? No, the interception his- in the in overtime. Dude, he chases the guy down and smashes his helmet right into the dude's knee. I'm like, there's a, the second concussion of the game. Right. It's just like, goodness gracious, guy, just protect yourself. We get it. You, you're Big Dick Joe. You, we understand that you're you're out here. You've got the moxie. Now let's protect yourself and win some games because Cincinnati's got a squad right now, man. I hey, mean, Bur- it, it's impressive to see. Burrow, hey, I, I, all the power to him. The die, it, it is big, big did Joe there because like you had Trey Lance and Daniel Jones, two big dudes, you know, go out and you know get injured on you know on some head you know head to head plays, but uh, you know Joe did the same. But guess who's standing and really not necessarily you know, kind of unfazed? You know, Joe's out there like guess what, guys? You know, I'm, I'm still around and, and I kick ass. So I love I love what they're doing there. I'm 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 all on the Bengals, but. The lions are are ankle biters and 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 knee devourers. So like I'd I'd watch out uh, for that team on this. Give week. me those kneecaps. 
Give me the cash. We're going to talk about Dan Campbell in a second, but let's move on to... I fucking love this week. Let me play that again. Bets I fucking love this week. So these aren't bets you like. They're not bets you enjoy. These are bets you fucking love. Locks that you love. And last week I hit on one of my two. I've been kind of spiraling downhill on my locks recently, but I'm ready to get it back this week. Um, let's let who wants to start this out? Is there is there a bet that you just absolutely think you can't lose on? That's what this is. What bet can you not lose on this week? I've got quite right. a few of them. Um, not as high as I was last week, but I have that important three or four that can really make you some money each week. Okay, but, but let's hear it. I fucking love this week. Let's hear it. And they obviously have to go in every parlay in round round, round robin fa- fashion. Chargers, Cardinals. Raiders take them all with the points all points all dogs nice. I'm taking them all uh, money line dogs I love that I, I love that for your big payout but spreads only those are my absolute three top favorite and then we're just gonna have some fun and adding the Cowboys as your big we, four we, we might have to bring back an old segment the sports there. memory dogs of the week <laughs> That's, that's what this whole week this, that's, that's what this whole week is for me I uh, lo- love a lot of the dogs um Dogs have been kind of underperforming the last week and a half, two weeks as far as covering the spread, trying to get back to that even point. Well, not this week. Bring on the it, dogs. As a better, I love betting dogs. I think it's one of the funnest things to do. If you if you just see points and you're like, dude, this team is favored, but I love the dog. I love to bet the dog money line. It's one of my favorite bets. I, I don't know why I just get off on it. There, there, there's something really fun about just betting the dog in a game, but... What about you guys? Any any bets you just absolutely just frothing at the mouth for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a West Coast guy. Give me give me the Rams at minus nine and a half. I mean, almost double digits there all day against the Giants. I know it's in New York, but the Giants are banged up. They got a banged up quarterback. Saquon's definitely not playing, even though his backup Booker looked you know decent. They don't have any wide receivers. All the wide receivers are banged up too. That defense is god awful, and the Rams are just going to air it out there. And they need they need those wins to kind of keep up in that division. I think they're just going to hammer it all day. Give me the Rams. They match up well. I think it's it's going to be them all day um and and they're gonna win by double digits just cruise on the giants funny you say that uh an interesting stat about daniel jones he's pretty bad at home (laughs) he has a horrible home record in his career so that is it's at least notable but his is is his away record that good though It's not. like. (laughs) Is Daniel Jones cleared from the concussion protocol? He could be. Could be. I thought they said said Mike Glennon was starting. Uh, From from what I heard, it's still still up in the air. But, yeah, watching him stumble around the field last week, it doesn't look good, right? Doesn't look good. Dude, it was bad. You felt bad. Horrible. Sometimes when you see a guy take a hard hit, and if you played football, you're just like, damn, that was a good one, you know. But that one, when you see a guy stumbling like that, you just can't help but cringe, man, because he was trying to get off the field, trying to make it happen. And, dude, we've all been there. If you've played and you've taken a, a stinger to the head, uh, dude, you, you start seeing like you're seeing triple, quadruple on the field. So it, it was tough to see that for sure. I'm just glad he's all right. Horrible. I agree. And me- remember, Drew, we, we were touching about, we touched on this uh, before the last Thursday game where the Rams and Seahawks met. This is the the cupcake here for uh, for the Rams. This is their part of their schedule 
where they can may probably take a little bit of time off because they're that talented, but they should fully expect to win this next five and go into their bye week nine and one to make that final push. Um, right now we got Giants, uh, Detroit, Houston, Tennessee, and 49ers. The 49ers right before that bye, um, that's not a cakewalk. Anything in that division isn't, but this is where they need to go four and one or five and zero. Oh, and these next four, they should be gimmies. No right. question. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, like the, the, the Chargers as dogs to the Ravens, like getting those points and the Raiders as well. I think both of those are, are lock bets for me. I mean, football teams always seem to galvanize off of some of these moments, and I think the Raiders can do that with a talented roster. I mean, they, you know, say what you will about John Gruden is a piece of shit. Everything oh, so you're that he taking said. two dogs? Well, yeah. You're taking two dogs? Oh, yeah. we got to play the fucking sound bite then. Listen to the well, barks. Well, and I think I think those dogs are, are locks too, especially the Chargers at the Ravens. Getting three points, I'll take Herbert all day. I'm that big of a believer. And with a healthy Derwin James, you can see how big like of a difference that is. When you've got Bosa coming off the edge and then Derwin's out there in a almost flow state in the defense, playing outside linebacker, getting into the slot, playing safety, uh, roaming around. I mean, we've seen that that's big time, and, and he's made big plays. Yeah, Kurt, you're kind of stealing my thunder because I actually agree with you. Um, I think the Raiders are better off without Gruden. Um, I love them as dogs this week. Uh, the Chargers are the are the bet of the week. The, the spread makes no sense. Maybe we're missing something about the Chargers. I don't think we are. Uh with the Chargers, you can just continuously name off players. Joey Bosa, Derwin James, fucking uh, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, uh, Keenan Allen. You just keep naming off guys. With the Ravens... Austin I, Eckler. I, I, I pretty <laughs> much, with the Ravens, I pretty mm-hmm. much just say Lamar Jackson and Queen. Like, that's, 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 that's where my list ends with the Ravens. Like, they have some decent players, but Lamar Jackson just carries this team. Um, I don't... Like the Ravens, Calais Campbell though too, Drew. I gotta stop you there, Calais Campbell. Even though he's older, he's a freaking beast in the middle, dude. That guy is is massive for that defense for I, sure. I'm mostly just doing it for effect, but what what I'm saying is that Lamar Jackson just carries this team, and if he isn't firing on all cylinders, the the Ravens are gonna be terrible. I I feel like the the Chargers could potentially roll this team. So I don't know, man. I I I just think the Chargers. Mate, what are we missing? Because Vegas believes in the Ravens. Like it, it's one of these things where Vegas always knows more than us, and I'm always just wondering, like, what are we missing that are we not seeing? Because that hype it's, around Lamar is so real right now. But the, the the line even opened with them as favorites, even even prior to them. Well, it's certainly not their backfield with Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, Tyson Williams. I mean, dude, that's the backfield is nothing. That thing is in shambles. Tyson Williams can't even get on the field as a rookie because he can't pass, pass block for anything. And you got two guys right off the streets going into the backfield as starters. It's rough back there for Lamar, and it's impressive to see what he's done. But I'm telling you, once they get enough film on you in the NFL, starting out with the season, your coaches, you guys only have so many, so much schemes and so many offensive sets and plays that you have at this point in time. It's going to catch up at some point. Are I you mean, saying like Lamar has been figured out? I mean, it's ha- we've seen it happen time and time again with Lamar <laughs> in the playoffs, but not during the regular season. He's always going to get his points, his yards, his touchdowns. I don't I don't see that ever stopping. Well, so what, the, the reason I say that is Lamar was asked this, 
that this week, and he he laughed at he laughed at it. And then he went for one of the most historically uh, dominant performances like of all time. Um, yeah, dude, I agree with you though. Chargers, I think Chargers are gonna roll the Ravens this week. I think they're gonna crush them. Um, if I could like sell points, <laughs> Chargers are dogs. I'm not gonna sell points on this game, but man, I I just think they're gonna fucking crush them. Let's see if we can get some, uh, while you guys bullshit here, let me see if we can't find some alternative lines. Oh, here we go. So, if you guys want something fun and juicy, if we take, we take the Chargers to win by six and a half, one touchdown, that's as high as they're letting you go, um, that will actually pay two and a half to one. A seven and a half point favorite, uh, almost three to one payout. So, that, that could be a fun little addition there. Yeah, win by a touchdown, I could definitely see that happening. Definitely see that happening. Any other bets you guys like? Love? No, sorry. Love. Yeah, we don't care about what we like. I'm, I'm do you like any over-unders this week? I, there's one that I like, and it's, I've just continuously been betting it. I think I'll keep betting it. Cardinals-Browns. Going to keep rolling with the Cardinals. Why not, dude? This team's always viable to, to bust out. And look at the Browns. I mean, geez. Last week, scoring that many points. Um, the Browns can put up points. The Cardinals can put up points. I don't see why they can't go over 49, right? Yeah, I mean, I would love they, it. Okay, I say the only thing you got to worry about there is they both run the ball a lot, and that can that could take a lot of time off the clock if they're, you know, if they're getting some tackles, some long drives. So that'd be the only thing I'd kind of worry about there. But you're no, you're absolutely right. Both of them can score a lot. I would say the only thing that's scaring me is just is the heavy run on both sides. Right? Yeah, I don't expect Kingsbury to pull his uh, you know foot off the gas, especially with Hopkins, especially with AJ Green, who's been a pleasant surprise to see. A little bit of a uh, rising of the Phoenix coming back from the dead with AJ Green this year. He's gotten some big pop plays, um, similar to the Deshaun Jackson in the previous weeks. Uh, so I think they're definitely going to pass the ball heavy uh, with the run attack or run pass option. Um, but it'll be cool to see. I think the the team that I liked the most over talking different bets was the Bills versus the Titans. I took two dogs, but if it's only what was it three? Well, it's up to it's up to six. Uh, yeah, those are those are so your starting lines, but uh, those are starting lines. Yeah. Minus five and a half is what I'm getting. Yeah, I, dude, I'll still take the Bills at minus five and a half, dude. They've been putting the spanking on people, and the Titans just do not look the same since Arthur Smith has left for Atlanta. I'm telling you, that they guy, missed the I chin. Think. They missed the chin. <laughs> they missed the two tone. Have you noticed his beard, dude? Oh the, man, the mutton chops and the stash are brown. No, so they're they're not actually chin, mutton chops. That's the worst part about it. He's got a little gray right underneath his chin. As of the two tone, man, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but so so, but it but it's not it, like it looks like mutton chops, but it's just because it's grayed here. It makes his chinlessness look even worse. Yeah, got it's a, horrendous. Got a couple of over-unders. He's <laughs> trying, dude. You got to give it up to Arthur Smith. He's doing a huge service to the country to try and grow this beard. Um, he is this chin. It's got to go. It's got to go. I, I I can't believe at birth that a doctor didn't look at this guy and be like, "We need to get a beard on this guy." Hmm. Puberty probably won't hit to like 15. We need to find a way, like, get like an artificial beard, put it on this guy. We can't have this walking around the world. 
<laughs> Complete yeah. silence. I don't know. Can't follow that one up. Complete silence. <laughs> All right. Well, if nobody else has any other uh, uh, blocks for the week, I got another one. I think that uh, the Bucks Eagles game, I'm also going to bet the over on. Um, weirdly enough, uh, 52 and a half points. I think it could be a sloppy game. You could see Jalen Hurts doing some things. And I, I don't know. I could see this hitting. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, uh, there's a couple unders I like. Uh, obviously, I talked about the uh, Carolina Vikings solely based on the running backs in that game. Right. Uh, coming out mm-hmm. and playing. A couple unders I really like. We got Dallas, New England. So, uh, 51 and a half. Right. Dallas has four overs. New England has four unders. New England's not firing that many points. Uh, you're going to be looking a little more ball control, a little slow. Dallas is, should still roll. 51's too much. Um, I would go on over with you on that Arizona game. Uh Arizona and over, just like we always like, but one that is actually very intriguing to me, the Chargers-Baltimore game, uh, 52. Your first initial thought has to be hammer the over, especially with the Chargers coming out of that explosive game with Cleveland. Right. That was the first game this season the Chargers have gone over, and now we're talking about 52 points. I'm not seeing seeing, uh, Baltimore having that type of comeback, and even with all those – Theatrics and dramatics and all the the fireworks. That's still what would have been under fifty two. Um, Chargers are just too good, so stick under there. Sure, yeah. I can I can agree with that for certain. They get out in front and and they do what the Colts couldn't do. They hold on to the lead, run the clock, eat it up, and and get the game out. I could see that for sure. All right, guys. So we we're gonna end the pod how we always end the pod, which is talking about our man Dan Campbell the greatest coach in the NFL currently. So last uh, last week it was um what would how would Dan Campbell respond if uh he found out that uh uh the breakup it no no last week it was what would he do if he found out that Jared Goff texted the rest of the team and said that he wanted to pipe his girlfriend. So this year or this week it is Last week when the Vikings beat the Lions, it brought Dan Campbell to tears. <laughs> he actually cried about it openly in the, in the in the press conference. It was a very bizarre thing. Uh, so I don't think we know what Dan Campbell is. Uh, pr- a couple weeks prior, we were talking about the guy. He, he would set aside his whole afternoon if he heard that you broke up with your girlfriend. He'd be like, bro, we need to go out and get some drinks. Like, let, let's fucking talk about this, like, right now. So the... the, the the hypothetical this week is what is the mildest thing that ever brought Dan Campbell to tears? If he's crying about a loss to the Vikings, what is the is the the mildest thing that ever brought Dan Campbell to tears? And I'll start it out because I can see you're all confused. So I'll, I'll let you collect your thoughts. I'm thinking like Dan Campbell, he had like a really good workout. Like, like just like had like a really good leg day. And, like, at the very end of it, his workout partner is like, hey, Dan, all right, man, see you next week, right? And he looks at him, back at him, and he goes, my quads are firing so deep right now. I just love you, man. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the, the open air in this L.A. fitness right now or the smell of the Axe body spray on both of us, but there's just something about this moment that just makes me so happy. 
<laughs> I mean, I could I could piggyback off of what I, I think Dan would get done with a massive workout and then he'd get done and he would get stuck in traffic and miss his 30 minute metabolic window of taking his protein shake, sitting in traffic, <laughs> sobbing with like Diane, Diana Ross in the background. Just, oh my God, I can't believe I missed it. I, I missed my metabolic window. If you're crying about it, listen, if, if you haven't seen the fucking, the press conference, it really is funny. He's just like, I just love my guys. Dude, he's a, he's definitely a psychedelic user. The guy's oh, in touch with his sure. sensitive side. For sure. He, he, he's definitely a party animal. That's that's 100%. He's very hey, sensitive. The the guy has been through a lot. I, I don't know if, if you guys remember, but he was on that Detroit team that went 0-16, you know, a little while back. So he's been through some he stuff. He's a player. He, yeah, he, yeah, he's a player. He played well. But I, I think the the one thing that uh, when I was had to research this one, to be honest, guys, to figure this one out. But um, uh, I found a canny resemblance between, uh, you know, uh, Dan Campbell and a certain character. So Dan Campbell's walking around and you've got John Gruden news out there, obviously racist stuff going on. And someone goes up to to Dan Campbell, one of his assistants, say, you know what? You know, you you resemble a lot of PC principle from from uh, PC. From, uh, from uh you know from south park you know you know you have such a passion you know and and you really support you know uh you know equality and 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 you're just so just jacked and passionate you just want to just go up and shake somebody and 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 laugh with them and cry and he he looks at him like that is the nicest compliment i've ever received and then immediately just like just gets jacked up and just veins popping out and says i love equality oh so he cries about being compared to pc principal i think i i don't know i don't know i don't know if you quite know dan campbell i think it's a compliment no he's crying because it's such a good compliment right so i agree okay i can see it i can see it marcus what do you got it's the lion king i see him crying so when, he, sen- when he saw the Lion King, so sentimentally, <laughs> wait, and he's asking why, why, why was Mufasa betrayed by his brother? Yeah. They're brothers. The trust is there. We have. They're supposed to have that bond. How could you do uh, that? Dude, to I'd never you betray love? my brothers. I would never, never like dude, that. I'd I never will, betray my brothers. I fucking love this answer, dude. Just uh, so you got to talk about Dan Campbell. You know, circa nineteen ninety three. He's sitting there, and the and Lion King's just been like, Scar, wh- why why would Scar do that to Mufasa? They were brothers. They ran the pack together. They're both alphas. <laughs> both alphas. <laughs> They're both alphas. That is awesome. What, what if he just, like, flipped it on you and really was like, well, the, uh, the real story of lions is actually they do take out the head of the pride when he's getting old and weak, and I do see why Scar had to attack him and uh, end his life to I take do, over the pride. I do understand. <laughs> it was a weak moment for Mufasa, and from Scar's perspective, he could never take over the pride. unless yeah, Sometimes you just got to bite some kneecaps and take them out. <laughs> and you, you, have, you have to imagine, he's, he's in high school about this time, kind of right in, through, getting right in the puberty stages, 16, 17 years old, playing football. The brotherhood is real. <laughs> at that time so um that final answer all right i declare marcus's answer the best that was, that, that's the fucking best fucking uh why do you have to betray scar like that or no why scar scar that's your brother man how how, how can you fucking turn on him like that all right guys let's let's wind this down another surly cast we almost took down a bottle of basil hayden this one got a little wild 
Um, any closing thoughts from the group? Uh, I will say uh, just a shout out to the U.S. men's national team for beating Costa Rica tonight for the World Cup qualifier, leading uh, their uh, their round there. So uh, go U.S. Yeah. All right. Go U.S. Marcus? Uh, I know we're mainly like a, uh, a football show mostly, but I do want to give a shout out to Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King. Yes. Dude, talk about a fight, man. That guy is just unbelievable. His whole entire story of becoming the heavyweight champ, you know, losing himself, getting addicted to drugs and, you know, getting overweight and then bouncing back. If you haven't heard his story or seen it and you're not a boxing fan, I promise you this guy's story will make you one. So check it out. Shout out to the Gypsy King. Congratulations, champ. Yeah, and he rocked. He absolutely rocked him. And with all due respect to both Rodrigo Blankenship and Sam Darnold and the rest of the Carolina Panthers, your mama's a hoe and you're on my shit list. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My closing thought involves the Vikings. Uh, I'm officially done believing in this team. We beat the fucking... I mean, I, I was done weeks ago, but... I can't be more done believing this team than we had to kick a field goal to beat Dan Campbell and the Lions. Like the fact that Dan Campbell even had to cry for this game is an embarrassment for an entire organization or embarrassment, embarrassment. All right, folks have a great night.